Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Yahoo Sports College Podcast, the Race for the Case edition. And this is our last one until we get to the bowl extravaganza. And we are still working on the top secret details of what all that will entail, but that'll be a lot of fun. In the meantime, you say top secret like we actually have it planned. <laughs> and we're not telling we're, them. <laughs> we will spend a good solid five minutes figuring out how to do that podcast before we do the podcast. Uh, as usual, I mean, you know, a research and planning is our strength here. No doubt about it. Um, I don't read the emails either, as Wetzel likes to point out. So. Yeah, no emails, no texts. Pete uh, routinely, uh, resolutely ignores all all planning. <laughs> Um, but this one, I, hey, it's been a lot of fun for me this season because I have kicked some Albanian booty. <laughs> that you have. That you I, have. Uh, As if I, Albanians I rip- don't have enough going against them. You know? like- <laughs> <laughs> this was your chance to raise your people up, Pete. <laughs> I have let them down. I've let them down. I, I will be shamed walking through the streets of Tirana. That's right. You have been ground under the cross-country ski tracks of your Norwegian counterpart here. Uh, I remain 10 beers up going into championship week. We we both went three and three this past weekend. Uh, Pete kind of backed into the Ohio State over Michigan pick, but hey, he got it while I was sitting there saying Michigan was going to win easily. We both got Oklahoma over West Virginia. Pete got Washington over Washington State. I got Alabama over Auburn and uh, NC State over North Carolina. So we uh, we survive in advance to this final weekend here, and uh, we will see what happens. Big weekend, obviously, playoff implications aplenty, uh, and conference championships, obviously, aplenty, and uh, not many games, so it's pretty easy to locate the ones that are the big ones to talk about. The biggest one, Peter, Alabama-Georgia SEC Championship, rematch of the national championship from last year. Uh, The only close game Alabama's played in its last 14, which was in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where this game will be as well against the Bulldogs. That game, they trailed for 40 minutes uh, in regulation. We're very fortunate. That's when the legend of Tua began, obviously, by, by inserting him in the second half, and he led the rally. And then he throws the death-defying bomb to win it, a walk-off bomb. I mean, one of the better championship game stories you're going to see was Tua in that one. And uh, now they're back, same location, slightly smaller stakes, but still playoff on the line. 
if Georgia wins, they're both going, in my opinion. If Alabama wins, Georgia is almost certainly not going, though you could still make an argument that probably wouldn't carry much water for them to go as well with two losses. If someone makes that argument, it starts with Paul. <laughs> you'd have to have some SEC colored glasses to see it that way. Anyway, it is a, it's did a not mean to interrupt special. you there, Patrick. I no, apologize. no. It's, please interrupt me. I have a feeling I was I was uh, talking too long anyway. Yeah. So, uh, no, it, uh, that's a, that would be a fine bomb special. Yes. For sure. Yes. Uh, but this is a hell of a game. Alabama favored by 13 and a half. That's a lot against a one-loss team. But Alabama's won every game by 22 so far this year. Uh, Pete, give me a little bit of uh, knowledge, insight, and breakdown on this game, please. So my prism of Georgia uh, is very uh, disparate. I was I was on the sideline week one when they just obliterated plucky little Austin P because I was doing a profile of Will Healy. So I saw up close DeAndre Swift dance on the Govs, and uh, yes, it was as thorough of a flogging as possible, and they looked like an impressive physical team. We saw a little taste of Justin Fields. We saw Jake Fromm be his consistent, normal self. And then I met the Bulldogs again in Baton Rouge where they just got ragdolled by LSU. I mean, just tossed around, especially up front. The play calling, which we've uh, dissected in depth on podcasts uh, over Reaction Mondays, and, and here Pat and I have bantered about it a little bit from Jim Chaney, was just horrific in that game. And Georgia got away from its identity and was just really, really physically unimpressive. Like, that, I, they just got absolutely bullied. And the moment was big for them, I felt. And I just felt they got pushed around, which you don't say a lot about Georgia. Like, Georgia shouldn't be pushed around. So, I am going to let my bias from those two very different views of Georgia, and I obviously watched them on TV. That's not the only two times I've seen them. But I am going to let my – and then I, I think back to that Missouri game early where they were unimpressive. Like, there's just enough – little breadcrumbs from their season, little windows into their weaknesses, where I think Alabama wins this game by 22, just what what they thought. Um, I know, Pat, you've been a little bit more bullish on Georgia than I have. Um, oh, how did I not ask if uh, – if, is Clayton going to the game, your son who's a swimmer at Georgia? Clayton, my son, how's this for uh, for for tough timing? We'll be swimming on day three of the Georgia invite at kickoff of that game. It's, uh, yeah, the finals for day three start at 3 p.m. Saturday. The game starts at 4. So uh, hopefully he'll get to see the second half. But that's, that's – is, is he a big football fan? Uh, other oh, than, yeah. Other than you Huge. inflicting him with Broncos fandom? <laughs> yeah, no, he loves football. Uh, he went to the national championship game last year. I remember so, that. Yeah, yeah. I remember he, that. He and his uh, teammates will be all in whenever they can, you know, rinse the chlorine out of their hair and get to a TV. Uh, okay. I, 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 it will be, I think, a, a very uh, divided uh, attention span for all the, the what few fans will be at the swim meet that are <laughs> Georgia fans because hopefully mm -hmm. they got the football game on the big screen in the natatorium. Yeah. Well, Pat, we hope that, uh, you know, like father, like son, Clayton finds a single Sierra Nevada to enjoy post-race on Saturday and, uh, and it gets to, gets to watch the, uh, the, the Bulldogs. I, I'm sure it's very quiet in Athens on a Saturday night at the SEC title game. I'm sure it would be very low-key gathering. So, yes, I, I, do, I do hope he, uh, he can celebrate a couple of Georgia wins for uh, the 40 family's sake. 
Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Uh, hopefully the swimming will go well, and uh, I think the game is going to be a good competitive game in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, again, I, you know, I think Georgia matches up relatively well, as well as anybody can, per se, other than Clemson against uh, Alabama. They have, I think, some inherent confidence about playing these guys, having pushed them to the brink of beating them last year. Uh, Jake Fromm is playing very well. The running backs are running great. They have altered their formula basically to run more and throw less. It took Jim Chaney two-thirds of a year to figure that out, but he's gotten there. And so I think uh, I think Georgia's ready to give Alabama its best test of the season. Is that good enough to win? No. But is it good enough to cover the spread, which is what we're talking about here? Yes, I think they cover the 13.5. So Pete's on the crimson side. I'm on the dog side. Roll Tide. <laughs> and we'll see how it comes out in the fine bomb bowl in Atlanta. Uh, all right. Big 12 championship game. To me, the second best game and a good game. Really? Yeah. I, I, that's what the Big 12 has been waiting for, right, Pete? For Texas to get up off the mat and to challenge Oklahoma and to have Red River rematch, Red River rivalry part two, electric boogaloo in jerry world and uh it's a noon start early game just like when texas and oklahoma play in the regular season so we have some thematic consistency there uh oklahoma is favored by eight they have the nation's best offense it only seems like they have the nation's worst defense but it's close number 111 in total defense i believe number 101 in yards allowed per play everybody scores on oklahoma but oklahoma scores on everybody so they're playing a Texas team, having a really good bounce-back season. Uh, Sam Ellinger, shoulder issues, hurt it a couple of weeks ago, played through injury against Kansas, will probably have to do the same thing here, and this is a whole different animal in terms of what's going to be expected of the quarterback. Uh, then again, there should be some wide-open spaces for him to throw into. Their receivers, their big – Texas' big receivers just tortured Oklahoma in the first meeting. Uh, that was a heck of a game, though. Came down to Dicker the kicker, make, earning his helmet sticker by kicking the winning field goal on the last <laughs> play. Uh, Pete, how do you see this one? Sooners favored by eight. I feel like if, like, Wetzel lined up in the slot against Oklahoma, he could have 11 catches <laughs> for, like, 175 yards. He would quickly remind us these deceptively fast. So I don't know how his CBS reading glasses would look underneath uh, underneath the helmet, but uh, Oklahoma's defense has been dreadful. Uh, what has also been dreadful this season very consistently is me picking Texas games. My God, have I gotten everyone wrong. So um, That's true. I am uh, – the one thing about Texas games is that they have all been close. Yeah. The Tulsa game was yep. close. The K-State game was close. So Even Kansas was close. Yes, exactly. So the combination of Oklahoma's dreadful defense, the fact that Texas is going to come in with some confidence because uh, they torched – they got Oklahoma's defensive coordinator fired uh, after the last game. I, I feel like Texas keeps it close. I'm going to say Dicker the kicker. Misses at the buzzer. OU wins just to make things a little juicier for Sunday. Um, but Texas covers the eight. All right. That's, you know what? I, I the, the image of Wetzel wearing those CVS glasses <laughs> under a helmet. It, it's, it's better than Rodrigo Blankenship and the rec specs for the Georgia kicker. That'd can be that be, uh, and... Lindsay, the producer, can that be our graphic for this? <laughs> Wetzel with a Longhorn helmet with the CVS glasses. Maybe drinking Fiji on the sideline. <laughs> it's a, it's a the, lot uh, to ask. 
Yeah, the glass is crooked and getting more crooked, actually, usually as the podcast goes on. They start off at, like, almost yeah, a level point. angle, and then eventually they end up about like this. It's a beautiful yes. thing. Um, now, I, you know what? Dan, I think, could only get, like, 97 yards against the uh, the Oklahoma secondary. He, 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 would, he would be shut down eventually, that crafty 9-6-40 speed of his. Um <laughs> I'm going to say, by the way, yeah, (laughs) you could do do that in a sack race. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go with you on this, though, that that Texas covers the spread just because they always cover the spread against Oklahoma. I had the stat back when they played the first time. It's like five in a row. They've covered the spread. So I expect certainly expect that again. I don't expect them to win. I hope it's as much fun as the first meeting. Uh, That was a great game. Yeah, yeah. One of the best games of the year. Yep, absolutely. That was wild. It was crazy. It was a good time. Um, but now Kyler Murray and that that running game is really good for them. Even after Rodney Anderson got hurt, their their other two running backs they've plugged in, uh, Kennedy and, and Sermon have just been fantastic. So Oklahoma wins, states its case for the playoff at noon, and then Ohio State tries to trump that case eight hours later, and that's the next game we're going to talk about: the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State and Northwestern. Pete, what the hell is Northwestern doing in this game, first of all? Are you intimating that a loss to Akron, the (laughs) mighty, mighty, mighty Akron Zips, should limit one's potential to play for a conference championship? I might be be asserting that. Is that what you're saying? Um, I mean, we've had some fun with Northwestern this year, like the ugly, the, the team that nobody finds uglier ways to consistently win. So give Pat Fitzgerald credit. I'm happy for Pat Fitzgerald that he gets to, you know, bring Northwestern to this moment. He's a, he's been a great coach there for a long time. It's a good story. Um, you know, who knows with Ohio State, right? I, I stayed in Columbus after the game and I was in their facility for a while on Monday. And, you know, it was a building brimming with confidence and there was that underlying feeling of where the heck has this all been? You know, like where has been the consistency? The biggest difference in that Michigan game by far and away was with the offensive line. Their offensive line had been just a dreadful muddle of pre-snap penalties, missed assignments. I mean, I actually tried to look it up and there's no, there was no way to do it um, uh, pithily, but I mean, Isaiah Prince must have 12 false starts this year, right? The, uh, the Ohio state tackle. So, that basically, I was told Monday that Dwayne Haskins pre-snap against all those Don Brown blitzes made zero mistakes. He blitzed, depending on your definition of pressure, between like 50 to 75% of the time, and Haskins picked up everything. So in that building, they felt very confident that this was a huge step for him mentally in terms of reading defenses, in terms of his preparation. And uh, I thought, Haskins got a little swagger to him. Uh, I, I thought it was great when he went up there Saturday night and was like, Man, they're playing one high. I was licking my chops. Um, The one thing, and the reason I'm going to pick Ohio State is this. A, I think Pat's going to pick Northwestern to cover because of the, oh, I don't know, the 11 other games that would make us think Northwestern covers that Ohio State's played. But B is, Northwestern's big, like, ethos is they don't give up big plays. And Don Brown is like a risk-reward guy. You know, like, he wants to blitz you and get at you, and he has been susceptible in big games to give up big plays. That's obviously Michigan's DC. Northwestern, it's like, Keep it in front of you, scrap and grind, force a turnover, force a punt. You know, college offenses can't string 11 plays in a row together kind of uh, kind of a deal. So um, 
I just, after watching Ohio State's receivers against Michigan's DBs, poor Brandon Watson, um, whew, that he just got smoked. Um, I just feel like Ohio State has enough skill and explosion to run past Northwestern and win like – and there's going to be extreme pressure on Ohio State, and I think this is going to factor into the play calling, to be totally honest with you. Um, to win, they have to. They need a Cardell Jones fifty-nine nothing dump truck of a game. They do. Like, I don't think they can win a beauty contest with Oklahoma, but if they win twenty-one twenty and give up five hundred yards, they're certainly not going to win any beauty contest. So, that is uh, that is why I am saying uh, go Bucks. Yeah, to cover the fourteen and a half, and I, I mean, I think the 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 one key factor. Uh, is that they will be highly motivated to keep scoring. Uh, you know, that they they will want to run it up, per se, whether it's literally running it up or, or, or it just looks like they're running it up. But they're, they're going to keep the starters in and they're going to be chucking the ball because they know they've got to put up a huge number, I think, here to get into the uh, into the championship game. Nevertheless, what the heck, in the, in the uh, interest of being sporting, and yes, because I did pick Northwestern to cover in the dash, I will continue to take Northwestern to cover. Uh, because they do. That's what they do. They they play close against everybody. They play close when they win. They play close when they lose. They they that is who they are. Um, you mentioned yes, it is an absolute bend but don't break defense. Don't give up big plays. Wait for the other team to screw it up. And Ohio State's had shown a proclivity for screwing it up, a propensity, I should say, for screwing it up. Uh, the other thing is. Isaiah Bowser, who has had a really good freshman season, if he can keep running the way he has been, they that gives them a running attack that can shorten the game. Because I think Northwestern wants long, slow possessions, as many of them as they can. And as as much as Ohio State's run defense will look better than I expected against Michigan, they still gave up 161 yards and four yards of carry, which is certainly better than the 339 and seven yards of carry they gave up to Maryland. But susceptible gave up five and a half yards of carry to Purdue 5.4 to Minnesota 5.6 to TCU five to Oregon State so I say they get Isaiah Bowser going you're going to get him 30 carries you're going to hope to grind clock break a few plays for touchdowns and then yes play that rope-a-dope defense that hopefully keeps you in the game and at least allows Northwestern to cover the spread losing by let's say 14 since the spread is 14 and a half um, so, all right, that's two different we have, one that we agree on. Uh, the other two championship games, uh, Power 5 championship games, Pac-12 is a Friday nighter in Santa Clara. Washington giving five and a half points to Utah, making its first appearance, I believe, I'm pretty sure, in the Pac-12 championship game. Certainly shooting for its first Pac-12 championship and a Really weird Rose Bowl berth for people that have a historical memory of uh, where Utah used to be and who who goes to the Rose Bowl. Um, this isn't a bad game. It's just a game that doesn't matter from a playoff standpoint. What's your thoughts there, Pete? Um, yeah, rumor is good seats still available at Levi's Stadium. <laughs> they actually you will think? give you give you a pair of jeans if you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, like. I obviously love college football. I watch a lot of college football. Pat, you love college football. You you watch a lot of college football. I will likely not watch a snap of this game. Yeah, right. Just, it's just because Friday night. of yeah. yeah. Um, oh, it is Friday night. Well, I'll probably watch some of it. You then. might watch. Um, 
Yeah, I will watch the. I, I love the Mac title game. I have a little soft spot for the Mac title game. Like I just always, yeah. It's over the years <laughs> watching, you know, Western Michigan, Bowling Green. Um, yeah, I got a soft spot yeah. for the Mac game. Uh, I have to say, just for people that don't know, Pete Pete is one of the great champions of the mid-majors, low-majors, no-majors in both football and basketball. He pays more attention to that stuff than is probably healthy, but <laughs> also, make, also makes him a good reporter. He knows, knows all and sees all. Yes, I have an unhealthy Mac affliction. <laughs> we don't want more cowbell. We want more Mac-tion. Uh <laughs> Yeah, so that that said, by the way, just because uh, uh, Sully, our social media guru, was so amazed by this stat, I'm going to drop this before I make my Pac-12 pick. Uh, Lance Leipold, the Buffalo coach who will be coaching in that MAC title game, went 109-6 and at D3 UW-Whitewater with six national titles. Wrap your mind around that. 109-6. and Take that, Nick Saban. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It makes Nick Saban look pedestrian. Um, I am going to take Utah because, like, they've had no reason to be on a three-game winning streak right now, but yet they pounded Oregon, like physically pounded them. They didn't win by that much. Basically ended Mike McIntyre's career by throttling Colorado and then uh, came back and probably beat their rivals uh, last week in the uh, in the Holy War with a backup quarterback and a backup tailback. Their starting tailback got hurt climbing into bed. So <laughs> at, at this point, I just feel like the, the, the juju is in, uh, is in Utah's favor. They have a, a, a dynamic defense that's really been – that's really kind of kept the team together. Morgan Scali, defensive coordinator there, is, has been one of the more, you know, surprise emerging coaches that in, the, in the West Coast this year. And in a year where there aren't a lot of, like, Pac-12 coordinators with a lot of juju, he's done a really good job. Um, I feel like this will be a low-scoring and ugly game befitting of the uh of the small crowd at Levi's Stadium <laughs> and uh and inevitable low viewership. So I'll take I'll take the Utes in the points and I, I think they win twenty one twenty. Wow. Okay. Utes to the Rose Bowl. How about that action? I know. Uh small crowd except for uh Larry Scott and everybody can get in the uh, replay review booth to uh to help uh, make sure the, the replays go well. Uh, I'm taking Washington here uh, and the lay in the five and a half without much hesitation, although I expect it to be low scoring, which automatically means it'll be relatively close. But uh, Miles Gaskin's been a problem for Utah. He's gouged them four years in a row, including earlier this year. I expect him to do the same this time around. I think Washington's just the better team. As you said, Utah's a smoke and mirror operation at this point, winning with backups. Uh, Their comeback to beat BYU in the Holy War was ridiculous. They were down 20 to nothing. They were down 27 to 7, I believe. Uh, Came back and won that thing uh, somehow, some way. So, I mean, they've had a great year. Kyle Whittingham, uh, you know, if, if, if it's either him or Mike Leach for coach of the year in that league, he's done a fantastic job. Kyle but, Whittingham is like the most criminally underrated coach in college football. In my opinion. Year in and year out. All he does is win. It very you know what you're getting from a Utah team. They mash you in the mouth. He's a really, really good football coach. Like US if USC had hired Kyle Whittingham, they would just they would just be pushing the Pac twelve around. He's a great recruiter, yeah. he's a great developer, he's a great evaluator. Um He's just not that exciting, which is why USC didn't uh, didn't want him. And then instead they have big personality Clay Helton. 
Yeah, but no, that's I agree. Why is why didn't USC hire him? Why don't they hire him now? It's 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 a big miss, I think, that somebody hadn't gone in and gotten Whittingham. But hey, he's carved out a fabulous niche there. He wins every bowl game. We'll see if the bowl mojo carries over to this one, but I don't think it does. Chris Peterson, Washington win, cover the five and a half. Uh, ACC championship game, which will go on the same time as the Big Ten game, and nobody's going to watch the ACC game, especially if Ohio State looks like they're going to have a chance at making the playoff by winning the Big Ten. We'll see at that point. A lot will be known by the, by the time those two games kick off because the Big 12 and the SEC games will be over. But nobody wants to watch Clemson steamroll Pittsburgh. That line has gone up. For, it was a 24-and-a-half, which was really big. Now it's 27-and-a-half which is really bigger. Uh, Pittsburgh has stumbled in here at 7-5. and five. They put together a nice little streak of wins. They started running the ball. And then reality returned last week when they got thumped by Miami, lost 24-3. to And uh, they come in just looking very much outmatched by a Clemson team that's played extremely well, although they were, they were sloppy and they were susceptible a bit against uh, South Carolina. They gave up Oh, so it was 35 points and 500 and some yards. Uh, it was not a, a vintage Clemson performance for the way they have been playing. But still, number one rush defense yards per play in America against a team that needs to run the ball. Don't think it adds up well. But Pete, 27 and a half is a big number. Which side are you getting on? Well, I'm going to use my pulpit to not talk about this game because no one cares about it. I am going to just give an ode to how gross the ACC has been this year. What a free fall. Remember like two years ago before the season, people were like, oh, the ACC is neck and neck with the SEC. You know, when Jimbo had it rolling and Dabo had it rising. Yeah, I, mean, I think I even wrote that myself. So. Yeah, no, I'm sure a lot of people clicked on it, but my God, is the ACC awful. I mean, the ACC is so bad that like – BC losing at Florida State the other day when they gave up that late touchdown is viewed as a titanic disappointment. Two years ago, <laughs> if BC had BC had patted on the back for only losing at Florida State by one or whatever it was, like it just I have never seen a league completely free fall minus one team like the ACC has right now. I mean, it is just gross, gross enough that North Carolina feels like they can take Mac Brown from the retirement home <laughs> and insert him as coach and be competitive in the coastal. Um, I had a young coach tell me the other day, I was laughing. He's like, man, would I like to get me to the ACC Coastal? Like, it is just the flotsam and jetsam of uninspired mediocrity in all of college football. Gross, gross, gross. Clemson's going to win this game 63 to nothing. They got a little wake-up call. They looked, they looked dreadful against South Carolina defensively. I don't think that carries over. Um, I just feel like Pitt has given us all they can give, and against – Against real defenses this year, uh, including Miami, um, including Notre Dame. Well, those are really only the two real. Well, Central Florida, they only scored 14. Penn State, they scored six. When the defensive athleticism has been ratcheted up, Pitt has gone into uh, the fetal position on offense. And I feel like they will resume that. My prediction is no touchdowns for Pitt in this game. And... I will actively avoid even flipping it on one of my television screens on uh, on Saturday. In my protest, the ACC needs to get a lot better. Uh, there is like there is like the two Pacific Oceans between Clemson and the rest of this league. Sixty three to nothing. Are you going to give me sixty three? I'll take Pittsburgh then. If, if, I, if I'll you give want, you. If you want to give me I'll, the family line? I'll take. I'll it. give you forty. 
Will you really? Fittingly, I'll give you 40 points. 4-0. Really? 4-0. Okay, I'm taking Pittsburgh then. Thank you. Thank you very much. I I mean, look, I – Nothing makes me like Pittsburgh other than 40 points because that's astronomical. But uh, we are resetting the lines, Vegas. You're not paying good <laughs> enough attention. I need to come back. I may now tune in to see if they, like, you know, cross the Rubicon over 40 points. Yeah, so. you know what you just did here? You baited me into going the other direction from you, uh, yes. which I didn't want to do because I wanted to take Clemson. But no, now if you're going to give me 40, I'll take giving you Pittsburgh. Giving you 40 points. Okay, very good. I mean, yeah, no, the ACC is awful. Louisville stinks. Florida State stinks. Virginia Tech is very disappointing. North Carolina stinks. So, bad year for the league. One good team. That team's going to roll, but by 39. Don't forget about Miami, like, just being a complete offensive disaster. And Mark Rick needs to blow it all up. And, like, changing midstream, not a Mark Rick hallmark. No, 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 it's not. And his son is the quarterback coach. Usually fathers, I, I'm not a father, so I can't speak to this firsthand, but usually fathers are hesitant to fire their own children. Right, right. And sometimes they're too willing to hire their own children. Correct. Know? That's Correct. I, I mean, if I were in that situation, I would much rather, if my kid wanted to go into the family business, say, go do it under somebody else, you know? Go coach somewhere else. I just, it, it creates too many problems, too many conflicts of interest, too many the automatic perception if you if things don't go well is oh, kid can't do the job and dad hired him just cuz he's a kid. Sometimes it's true, Nick Petrino. Uh but it, it it's I just wouldn't even get my into that situation. It's it's that's a problem. Um okay, all right, lock of the week time. As usual my locks are terrible, although I did uh, get at least a push out of it last week. Um, I'm going to the AAC championship game, and the team I feel probably worst for of anybody this year, Central Florida, keeps winning. Nobody wants to give them any credit. Nobody, you know, They've gotten credit, but nobody wants to give them any playoff respect. And for the most part, I haven't think that it, it was merited, but now you start to look at it, and if, a couple other teams lose. If, if Oklahoma loses, if Ohio State loses, if Georgia loses as expected, I would under normal circumstances say, my gosh, you've got to put Central Florida in. But then their heart and soul, their best player, the guy who's guided them to, was it now, 24 straight wins, uh, has a horrific knee injury last week. And, you know, thoughts and prayers out to uh, Mackenzie Milton and his family. There was concern about him keeping his leg for a while. Uh, and I think there's still, you know, a lot of work to be done to to put his leg back together. Uh, but for that to happen to the team is brutal, you know. And so I, my lock of the week, I hate to say it, but I'm taking Memphis getting three points at UCF because I think without Mackenzie Milton, that's not the same team there. That's a that's a good lock. I uh, I was jealous when uh, I actually did read the email you sent earlier. Um, <laughs> I only I only don't read Wessel's emails and. Uh, <laughs> The uh, I saw your lock because I, I Memphis has won uh, three or four straight and seemingly kind of righted the ship because they've been a big disappointment this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would know because I scour the lower dredges of college football for interesting <laughs> stories. Um, speaking of scouring the dredges, that's pretty much what we're uh, what we're doing here. And I am going to go fittingly unconventional for my lock of the week i am going to take marshall getting four at virginia tech uh-huh. ending ending virginia tech's bowl streak uh this is a hurricane added game by tech 
Marshall, 8-3, and three, had a sneaky good season. They're explosive offensively. Virginia Tech can't stop anything. I just feel like that program has got completely disinterested. And uh, I feel like Marshall's going to go in there with a lot of juice, and they can score a lot of points, which is not a Virginia Tech specialty. So I'm taking Isaiah Green and the boys to roll into Blacksburg, getting four, but I think they're going to win outright. Well, yeah, you know what? That wouldn't I wouldn't shock me at all. And I I'm will still say, scarred by that old Dominion game. My God, was that gross? <laughs> it was terrible. And that the only team luckier to win last weekend than Texas A and M, or as lucky as Texas A and M, was Virginia Tech, which beat Virginia. Virginia hadn't beaten them since Thomas Jefferson was like 20 years old, <laughs> and they've got them beat. Thomas Jefferson was a GA. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a beat like three different times, but then uh, Virginia Tech's driving. I'm trying to think, was it even in overtime? This might have been in overtime, and they fumble into the end zone. Virginia's leading. All the guy has to do is fall on the ball, and the game is over. There's nobody around him. Defensive back just misses the ball completely. Dives, misses, rolls past it, and a Virginia Tech guy comes up and falls on it to keep the game going. It was just preposterous that one play and that is so Virginia in their history of football so Virginia Tech and Texas A&M the luckiest teams of uh, rivalry weekend for sure so all right Pete any uh, last thoughts uh, what will you have a beer over the weekend and if so while you're watching games because I believe you are you are uh, in the home command center this weekend what what will your beer be Kona Longboard is uh, is as good of a beer as you can have. Uh, now, I wish I could be having one in Maui instead of like 37 in drizzling South Boston. <laughs> but that is a uh, I will be I will be home. I'll do some video for uh, the spin on Yahoo. And uh, yes, but the uh, but the but the Kona Longboard will uh, will accompany me once my work obligations have ceased and I can enjoy some Sunbelt championship game for my uh, embrace of obscurity. There you go. I love it. And yes, I, I, I have had a Kona longboard in Maui, as a matter of fact. And uh, that's, that's the best place to drink that beer. It's the best place to drink any beer, in my opinion. It's the best place on earth. Uh, I will be in Athens, and so I will be probably having a Terrapin Hopsecutioner or two mm. after the, uh, the nighttime swim sessions on Thursday and Friday with the Georgia Swim Parents. And uh, Saturday, I don't know. It's going to be a long day of work. I, I would yeah. imagine I'll slip something in somewhere. But uh, there will I wouldn't be, bet there against will be that. Beer. That would be that would be worse <laughs> than my normal picks. There will be beer. Yeah. All right, and there are picks, and we hope you listen and enjoy, and perhaps uh, enrich yourself uh, financially and, of course, spiritually from our podcast. Uh, we will be back. I don't know when our next race for the Case podcast will be exactly. We're figuring that out as far as bowl picks, but we will have a lot of bowl info for you. That's going to be really fun. Thanks for listening all season. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody.